Hello, hello, and welcome back to the So Many Layers podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Schutz, and I just want to start off by saying happy Black History Month. I said this on Instagram, but I want to repeat it here. To be Black is to be layered and dynamic. And I want to add something else to that. To be Black is to also be a miracle. To come from a people who have endured the unthinkable and get we as a community in our own way keep showing up giving each day our best effort despite what's thrown at us the only way i can rationalize it is that there's some kind of divine intervention going on that can't really be explained but just is so if you aren't walking through your life like a miracle this is your psa to start today okay moving on I was watching the Grammy Sunday night and in her acceptance speech, the multi-talented, very layered Victoria Monet talked about how she views herself as a plant that has grown under the surface of the music industry soil for so long and that now is her time to sprout where everyone can see. And I know for so many of us, we can relate to that as we navigate the day-to-day and continue exploring and pushing towards these visions we have for our lives. In that process, it requires so many unseen moments where we are zoned in on growing those deep roots. And in that, it may sometimes even feel like the pendulum is never going to swing in our favor. But if we stay in it and keep showing up as Jay-Z charged us to do and do so with purpose, When we finally bloom, that era will be the gift that keeps on giving. In the spirit of housekeeping, I do want to let you know So Many Layers is on Apple and Spotify. So show this podcast some love, subscribe to it, and if you feel so inclined, write a comment. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at So Many Layers Pod. On this episode, you you will hear my talk with a college friend, Adiola Odutola, an electrical engineer turned clothier who took the Yoruba meaning of his first name and created a luxury suiting and apparel brand. Addy, as he's commonly known, took his love for creativity and fashion, wrote out a vision, and with a big push from his wife, Courtney, took a leap and never, ever looked back. Let's get into Addy's journey. First off, hi, Addie. Thank you for hey. joining um, for <clears throat> one of the first episodes of So Many Layers. Um, as we talked previously, this is something that I've been conceptualizing for years, and I'm very excited to have you a part of this first season. And as I was thinking about guests, I was like, you know, I'm going to tap into people that I know, that I know personally, that I can pick up the phone and text them. And so you're one of those people. So I'm very grateful that you are here and you decided to join. Well, um, number one, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, This podcast that you're doing is super dope. I'm excited for it. This is actually my first interview. Um, a couple of people wanted me to do interviews, and I don't know why I didn't do it, but for some reason, when you hit me up, I was like, oh, I have to do it. You're family, so I got to do it. <laughs> that makes me. I feel honored. Thank you um, so much again. So we're just going to kind of jump right into it. 
I want you to first just give me a background of who you are and what you're about. As, as much you of know, your origin story as <laughs> you would like to share. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it short. I'll make, yeah. I won't make it too long. But as you know, of course, I went to the A&M Alabama A&M University where we met. Um, I majored in electrical engineering, but I was super duper into fashion. Um, so much to the point that I felt like I had to do something. I just don't know what that something was. And in my spirit, I've always been into suits and suiting. And I felt like I had an opportunity uh, with a guy that I knew that was able to jump into the business of suiting. And um, ever since then, it's been a passion of mine. I love creating suits. I love creating anything that has to do with suiting. And I was able to continue to grow the business <clears throat> to what it is now. So a fun fact of me, like I said, I started my, <clears throat> I learned my, my entrepreneur spirit from my big sister. She's a artist and she kind of is doing her own thing. And she kind of gave me that, like that vision that you can actually create something of your own and be able to thrive in that business without doing like an engineering or some of these other majors that you learn in college. So I tried it, I'm doing it and I'm excited to continue to do it. I know that also a part of your origin story is that you're Nigerian American. And I know, and I'm not Nigerian American, but I also know that what I hear from a lot of Nigerian people that I have interacted with is that your family is very focused on like doctor, lawyer, engineer. Is that true? Or is that just like a, a rumor? No, that's facts. Um, okay. So luckily for me, I didn't get the blunt of it because my sister did it. So when I was in school, like I had like, Low-key three majors is either be a pharmacist, a doctor, or a lawyer. If you were like an engineer, it's like they accept it, but they really didn't accept it. They're like, okay, we can settle for that. Yeah, engineering was not even part of that top tier stuff. Like that's like a okay, we'll let you do engineering. That's that's the last thing. Anything outside of that, nah, we ain't doing it. And <clears throat> the reason why, because when they, when my parents came here from you know from Nigeria, the 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 majors that they felt like could be successful were those particular majors and their their biggest goal is because we don't have any type of grandparents here we don't have any type of grandparents family nobody can support us besides my mom and my dad so their biggest fear is when they leave this earth we could be able to support ourselves and they knew that if you become a doctor you can support yourself if you become a lawyer you can support yourself or if you become like a pharmacist you can support yourself some of these other things that you might want to do that's not part of those top three it's hard to support yourself. You will need the guidance of maybe a family member. Let's say I wanted to do, um, let's say education. You want to be like a teacher. Teachers are great majors. Teachers are needed, but teachers are underpaid. So if I was to become a teacher, realistically, if times get tough and I did not have like a family backing, it could be kind of hard. Mm -hmm. um, but if you kind of have like grandparents, things that you can lean on, then you can lean on them. So that's what my, that's the biggest things with Nigerians. And it's not just Nigerians. I think it's any type of foreign, uh, anybody that comes from a foreign country, Asians think the same way. People from the Middle East think the same way. It's just a mentality of, Hey, we're all we got. <clears throat> and if we leave this earth, we want to make sure that you guys are still good. So that's kind of the mentality that our parents taught us. And this is like since birth. Like when yeah. I was like, I feel like when I was like three years old, my parents were saying doctor in my ears. I don't know why, but I feel like when I was three, they kept saying doctor, lawyer. I, I heard those things so repetitively throughout my whole childhood that like when I went to college, I thought that's the only three majors you could pick from. I didn't realize there's actually other, ma other majors besides pharmacist, doctor, and lawyer. Um, and then of course I got into engineering, but 
my sister was like the not necessarily the rebel of the family. She just had the most passion with what she did. So if if you guys don't know, my sister's an artist. She's an artist out of New York City, and she's super successful. Super successful. She's reached heights that no doctor, lawyer, or pharmacist can ever reach mm-hmm. in her field. But in her field, like her growing up, like she always wanted to be an artist. And you can imagine my sister going to my parents saying, hey, I'm not going to major in those majors that you mentioned. I'm going to be an artist. My mom was like, yeah, an artist is a hobby. What are you really going to major on? Mm-hmm. And um, it, she had it tough because she did art. She, you know, And art is a tough major to crack into. Like It's a tough business to crack into. But she did. She cracked into it. And man, when I say she took off, she legitimately just took off. So when I came around and I was like, okay, I want to do fashion, <laughs> my mom was a little bit more receptive because she saw what my sister did with art. So she's like, okay. hey, you can go further in those kind of niche like fields versus uh-huh. like this, you know, pharmacist, doctor, lawyer area. So mm-hmm. that kind of helped me out with my, my journey because my sister kind of broke the doors open for me to be able to kind of step into it. I love how... Uh- Older siblings kind of take that first yeah. step and it exposes the our parents to things that they never knew were possible. Um, and, I, and I know you spoke about your sister being the inspiration to kind of give you that push. What were some of the things that she was she said to you over the years? Like once she stepped out and took this rebellious route or semi what would be considered rebellious route? What were some of the things she was feeding into you as you were growing uh, up and kind of developing like this is what I'm into, but I don't really know how to do it. So it's funny because, like, I kind of spoken to her because, mm. weirdly enough, so my sister, when she did art, she graduated with an art degree. Um, and basically, sometimes she started to doubt herself because, you know, she wasn't necessarily finding work. And I remember, fun story, she used to create these canvases, like these big drawings that's like on, it's like a door. If you think of like a door, think of like a size of a door. And these these canvases were amazing. She was doing pen ink, if y'all know like a pen, on wood. So that's very rare for artists to do. So pen ink on wood, and she was selling them for fifty dollars. What? Like the mind size of a door? Yes, because you have to remember, artists weren't making money like that unless you're known. Like if you uh, think of like artists nowadays, I think a lot of people know like Basquiat, like those high end Van Goghs, things of that that nature. But for her, she wasn't a big time artist. She was creating these pieces. And she was just trying to sell it to somebody. So if anybody will buy it, 50 bucks, here, take it. I need to be able to buy some lunch, get something to eat. Those same pieces now are probably worth, if I had to put a dollar around, maybe half a million, million dollars. What? Yeah. So it was so funny when she was, when she was getting bigger, she was trying to buy those pieces back before people mm-hmm. kind of knew who she was. I think there's two that's still floating out there. And one was stolen. <laughs> one was stolen. Yeah. But to to go, to go back to the story, I remember that time because she had called me one day and I think I was like on an internship, still doing my engineering thing. And I had told her, I said, hey, sis, I believe in your art. I've been seeing you do it since you were like seven years old. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you first go back to school, go, to M- go get your MFA, which is Masters in Fine Arts, and uh, see where that can take you. And she did. She listened to me. She went back and went back to school. And while she was in school, she got met by... Um, an artist, I forgot his name. He's a photographer, but he was he was basically backed by the biggest gallery in the United States, which is Jack Shaman. Okay. So think of like a think if you're an artist student, and let's say like let's say you're an actor, you're trying to be an actor, you go to like an acting school, and like Michael B. Jordan comes to speak at your school. 
So everybody that's an artist or an actor wants to go talk to Michael B. Jordan to show their skills, right? Same thing in art. So think of like that equivalent in like Mm -hmm. the art world. So she wanted to show the guy his, her, you know, her art. Say, hey, look at me. He was looking at all these students' arts to the point that he got like annoyed. I forgot who this guy's name is. And I met him a couple of times. I forgot his name. He's a huge, famous mm-hmm. art photographer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Two times. Yeah, He's yeah. not like a photographer that does weddings. He does like art photography. Right. And um, long story short, like when my sister was up to like talk to him, he kind of like just shut, shut him down, like shut her down. She's like, yo, I'm done. I've been looking at all these students. Not necessarily said this, but basically said y'all's art is whack. Uh-huh. I don't need I don't need to see y'all, so I'm gonna go ahead and just leave. And she kind of felt bad, but she wasn't tripping because she was in school. Fast forward, um, he felt bad about it. He talked to one of the teachers, and he says, "Hey, let me see that girl's art," because I kind of yelled, but she was there. And I just kind of felt bad about it. Let me just see her art because she wasn't able to show it to me. So he saw her art, and he was blown away. So fast forward, he sends her art piece to Jack Shaman. Jack Shaman loves it, comes back to sign her. She was making way more money than her actual teachers while she was in school. Because she got signed by Jack Shaman. She's the youngest artist to get signed by Jack Shaman. And to this day, she's still backed by Jack Shaman. And it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. And it goes back to like me telling her like, hey, don't give up. Because she was, I mean, she was getting to that point that like my mom wanted her to be a nurse. And so, you know what? I could just do nursing. I'll make a decent living. And just kind of call it a day. But, you know, she kind of pushed on it. She doubted herself. And then now it was like, I don't know, I'm just so proud as her little brother to see her like achieve. So that's that's where I get my motivation from because she had the talent. She's been mm-hmm. always talented in art. And um, me just kind of being that back seat watching her like, hey, this can be done. Like, you don't have to go in those traditional like majors and those traditional jobs. You could branch out and do some of these odd ones. Right. And I feel like you can kind of go further because you're more passionate in those odd jobs versus like engineering or some of these other fields that you might jump into basically because of the money. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. No, for sure. For sure. And I think a lot of that is takes some re-engineering, no pun intended, of our <laughs> of our mindsets to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a different route. I'm gonna gonna step out into something that fuels me more than just pays me. Because mm-hmm. if we're just chasing the money forever, then it won't it's not sustainable long-term for us. No, that's really, that's a really beautiful story about your sister and how you feeding into her helped feed into you. And you all are now just feeding, just, it's just the back and forth feeding into each other. I, I really do love that. That's really beautiful. Appreciate um, it. As you were saying that you were doing electrical engineering and you were in it and you, and you were working, how long were you working as an electrical engineer before you took the transition? Um, uh, 10 years. Yeah, so I was blessed enough to get a job out of college, but I know some okay. people like like my wife, Courtney, she was not able to, I, she had to get out of college, go back to school, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I know how blessed it was to be able to find a position, especially for us millennials. Like right. finding a job out of college for us millennials was a very, 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 very hard thing to do. So sure. it was good. <laughs> it was good because I was able to find a job, but then I, I slowly, it slowly hit me that, man, jobs suck. <laughs> Like when I was in school, A&M was like the funnest time that I had because at the end of the day, you know, you kind of had your own schedule, even though you had to go to class, but you could skip class if you wanted to skip class. Yeah. A job, And then also you had like summer, you had Christmas, you had those right. little breaks in between. Mm-hmm. When you're in a job, they might, like when I started working, I had like, I think it was like, maybe like, I think it was like 10 days or 12 days of PTO. No, no, right. 10 days. It was 10 days of PTO. So that's two weeks, right? Two weeks 
out the year. That's all you get. That's all you get is 10 days. And every single day, there's no summer breaks. There's no Christmas breaks. You get them two weeks and a couple of holidays sprinkled in there. And you work. You work every single day. Every single day. And then on top of that, there's a lot of politics that comes into work, right? You want to make sure that you're really... Can we cuss? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> that you bust in your ass every single day to prove that you're better than the person next to you, right? Mm-hmm. So it got to the point that I'm like, all right, I'm working every single day. I'm trying to prove that I'm better than the next guy, which I really don't want to prove that I'm better than him because he's a cool guy too. He's working right. hard, right? right. <laughs> I don't want to prove nothing. There's a lot of politics. Mm-hmm. People stab you in the back, right? Mm-hmm. If I come to late to work, I might get snitched on because that person that's next to me wants to snitch on me. So it got to the point that I was just unhappy at, what I was doing. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, this is the real world, right? While I worked, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I enjoyed the money, right? <laughs> so that's 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 how they make all that BS real that you're dealing with. Is they right. they throw, the, throw a little check out there, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a little check. Um, but then after a while, you start realizing that you just got sucked into like the rat race, right? You're in that rat race. You're in that mentality of like, all right, I'm just working. I'm not really doing something that I enjoy. Because as, mm-hmm. as, Decent as engineering was, because engineering was not necessarily like a horrible field to major in, mm-hmm. it was definitely one of those majors that I felt like could get kind of old fast for me. Okay. For me. And then maybe the job that I received, right? The job that I got, I felt like didn't really speak to me how I wanted my life to kind of go. Right. So, I mean, it sucks, you know, but at the end of the day, I can't quit because, and I want to kind of speak to like my engineering students if or people that are watching that might be in the engineering field one of the biggest misconceptions in the engineering world is there's a bigger world outside that first job that you get in my mind if i left that job i was going to be broke i was going to be under i felt like i could not leave that job and that's kind of like the the little mind games that they kind of play on you that like Mm -hmm. oh if you leave this job you're never going to be able to find another job you're never going to be able to do anything and that's not true you can leave that job, go to another engineering job that you might actually enjoy. And I didn't understand that when I first got into that job because jobs definitely don't want you to leave, right? Right. They want you to work there even though you're not happy. They still right. want you to work there. So just talking to them, you can leave. And most likely, if you leave, you make more money at that next job. Because mm-hmm. so, I stayed at the job for six years, but I was done after that job after two years. So if I really just knew my worth, I would have left year two versus year yeah. six. Like, I struggled for four years. Yeah. Four years, I basically was mentally checked out. No, I was just going to say, and that really does something to, like, your psyche, your confidence. In this part of our conversation, my audio cut out due to technical difficulties. But we had shifted to talk about his wife, Courtney, and the integral role she's played, not only in him taking the leap to start the company, but how she plays a role in its operation today. Here's what he had to say. So it's weird because your life partner knows you to the T, right? Everybody that that's dating or married or in a relationship knows that your your person sometimes knows you better than you know yourself. Court's probably the reason why Crown of Wealth is Crown of Wealth. Like for <laughs> this is kind of funny now that I think about it. Um, so I quit my job back in 2019 because I was I got to that point that I was like super depressed. Uh, and it was affecting my marriage. Me and Courtney got married back in 2018 and 2019 came around and I was really depressed at my job. But then you find, I call it fillers. 
right? To kind of like distract yourself. So I used to travel a lot. Like even when I didn't even have the funds to travel, I'm out here. Like I got to get away from my job. I'm, yeah. I'm stressed. So the job that I had, I moved it. So let me fast forward. Let me rewind. I went to one job, hated that job in engineering. Went to another job in another city in Houston, right? Hated that job too. <laughs> so I was like, oh snap, maybe it's the job, right? Maybe it's the thing I'm doing, right? But the only problem was, right, I was in a relationship. And um, when I was in that relationship, I'm still in that relationship, but at the time, you know, it was affecting it, right? Because if you're not right mentally in one area, it could kind of bleed into your other areas. Sure. So luckily for me, the reason why I was staying at that job, because I had different distractions, rather I go travel and do something, or maybe me and court may do something. It would kind of like take my mind away from it, which is never a good thing. If you're not happy at that job, you're never going to be happy at that job because you could deter it for that time period if you're on that vacation, but you got to come back and you got to go back to that same job. So we got married in 2018 and I thought this may fix it. You know, she's coming to Houston. It's going to be great. No, it got worse. And uh, it got to that point that 2019, it was affecting my marriage. I was not, I'm never an angry person at all, mm-hmm. but I was, I was, uh, what's the word? I was removed. I was like out of here. I was just to myself. I wasn't talking. I was just quiet. And she can, I mean, she, she's, she's, you know, Court. she's very like, she's very talkative and she's like, Addie, something's off. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. She's like, no, nah, something's off. And then it got to the point now that like, she can tell that something was really bothering me. And she knew it was my job. So, she was like, hey, I'm here. If the job is really that bad, just quit. Like, it's just a job. But like I said, that's when that mentality comes with jobs kind of like trick you that feel like, hey, if you quit this job, you're going to be one of the guys underneath the bridge asking for money. Like, they make it seem like it's the worst thing possible to quit this job. You're never going to find another job like our job. And that's not true. So I quit the job. It got to the point. I quit the job in 2019. And um, she told me, she's like, okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, man, I always wanted to get into like fashion. I'm always been into fashion. I like I like fashion and I like photography. Those are my two biggest passions. And she's like, just do it. I'm like, I can't. How do I do it? I don't know how to get into it. Mm-hmm. So fun fact, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. So I had like two two uh business ideas. Oh, I had one business idea, and I had a name for my brand. And this is how she helped me literally like create Crown of Wealth. This is what I mean by Crown of Wealth wouldn't be Crown of Wealth if it wasn't for her. Mm-hmm. Number one, Crown of Wealth was, wasn't going to be called Crown of Wealth. It was going to be called Crown of Honor if okay. she didn't make me change it. So if you know, my name is Adiola. That's my real name. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adiola is the translation. It's two translations because Nigerian language is Yoruba. I'm Yoruba and I'm Igbo. I'm mixed. I'm mixed in the Nigerian culture because people are like, you dark, dark as hell. Like... <laughs> In the Nigerian culture, I'm mixed, which means I'm from two tribes. Um, my mom is okay. Igbo, my dad's Yoruba. But my okay. name resonates from the Yoruba side, which is Adiola. The meaning of it is two meanings. One is crown of honor, and the other one is crown of wealth. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to call my name crown of honor. And she's like, nah, that don't sound right. She's like, what's the other one? She's like, crown of wealth. So, so I was like, but I feel like crown of honor like sounds a little bit more doper. She's like, no, go with crown of wealth because you could build on that more. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do Crown of Wealth. So that's the first reason how Crown of Wealth became what it is okay. because she helped me decide the name. That's the first yeah. part. And the name is low-key the biggest and most important thing when you come to your business or your brand, mm-hmm. right? Because that's going to take you sure. forever, right? If you think of some of the biggest names out here, their name makes them who they are, right? right? So that's the first part. The second part, which is the most important part, was 
what was I going to sell? So when I first came up with the name, I was like, all right, bet. I'm going to create t-shirts. She's like, hell no. <laughs> she said, you're not doing t-shirts. I was like, no, I have this dope idea. She says, everybody creates t-shirts and everybody that creates t-shirts, no disrespect to people that create t-shirts. Like right. I said, if you want to start your business and create a t-shirt, do what you got to do. It's just for Court and me, she felt like that's not a good idea because mm -hmm. she felt like t-shirt brands don't last unless you're like one of those top ones like Supreme. But those brands are already there, like Supreme, uh, Diamond Supply, some of those high-end t-shirt brands are already there, Fear of God. She mm -hmm. didn't want me to be another t-shirt brand. She said, you got to think bigger than a t-shirt brand. If you're trying to do this longevity, like you want your brand to really last, you got to kind of right. separate yourself. Right. So I kind of thought, thought about it. I was like, damn, you're right. So then I thought about suiting. I love suits. I know about suiting. Why not I try suits? Not many I've people. Been suits. I've been wearing Just, suits. Exactly. Since, I, since I've seen exactly. Eddie, I always see Eddie in a suit. <laughs> and that's what she said. She said she met me in a suit. I've always been in a suit. Every every party we had back at AM, I'm wearing a mm -hmm. suit. So she said it just made more sense for you to do something that's different. Not many guys are wearing suits, especially when we're in college. So she said, why don't you try wearing, you know, doing a suit brand? I did not know how to do a suit brand, but at least she threw that bug in my ear. That right there, that nugget that she gave into me, let me kind of go into my research. From my, okay, let me figure out how to do this because at the end of the day, there's got to be, I mean, you have so many suit brands that's out here. How do they get started? Right? It's not right. too many of them. So yeah. it's, it's enough for me to be able to jump into that space. But at the end of the day, I had to just kind of figure it out. So I finally figured it out. And it's weird because she did something else too, funny enough. So she bought me a ticket for my birthday to Rome. Right. Okay. So Rome is what really brought everything together. So I had the name, I had the idea, and then boom, I needed the tailor. I don't want to tailor out of the United States because sometimes it can be too expensive. Like if you want, or they just have their own thing going. Like they're not trying to work with me because they're their own brand. And but so, I, I, just to just to pause you really quickly, what's yeah. the importance of having a tailor if you want to start a suit brand? Why? What? What's? What are you versus a tailor? Are they not one and the same? So you 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 you're right. That's a good good question. So you do want to learn how to like actually sew, right? But I'm a big like my my idol, my role model is a guy named Virgil Abloh. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar in fashion, he was the creative director for LV, mm -hmm. and um, he also was working with Kanye West. A lot of people might know him from that. Kanye West, his brand that he actually owned was Off White, and he says something back in the day in an interview that it is good to sew, but sometimes it can be a waste of time right? Sometimes for him, his mind, he's a creative. Mm -hmm. And in his mind, he could learn how to sew, right? Anybody could learn how to sew. But if you're spending time learning how to sew, you're taking away from your creation. So sometimes do what you like to do, which is create, and then hire somebody that can actually put that together, right? And that's what he did. So that's kind of like the, ta the, the mentality of a tailor. So for me, mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted to create. I know the suits I wanted to create. I didn't want to necessarily learn how to like sew together a suit, even though I can sew. I'd rather have somebody that literally that's all they do. They don't necessarily, they don't create, they just mm -hmm. sew. So if you partner a, a creative and someone that knows how to sew together, boom, you create magic, right? So right. that's the importance of a tailor. A tailor does the actual work, but they necessarily don't care about the creating part. They don't necessarily want to sit there and talk to a client and create like a suit. They want to just give me the fabric, give me what style you want to do, and let me create it. That's what I want to do, right? And in the engineering world, so me and my old my old job, right? So we used to I'm an engineer. And then you have these things called drafters. Basically what a tailor is to me is similar to like an engineer. 
basically an engineer is just the guy that signs off on the drawings similar situation but they don't create the drawings the drafter creates the drawings and the drafter doesn't do any of the not to say that they're dumb it's just they don't do nothing none of the thinking that's the engineer's job the engineer tells the drafter what to do the drafter creates it the engineer reviews it that's what i am to tailoring so my tailor she creates the clothing i tell her what she needs to create and then i review what she creates so mm -hmm. similar scenario so basically a tailor doesn't want to do nothing none of the creation none of the none of the review right and none of that part she just wants to get behind a sewing machine and basically create that or not create uh sew sew and draw in the in the sense right and um that's why i had to go to rome so that's going back to that why court's third i guess you could say reason why she helped me create this brand was mm -hmm. she got me a gift and none of this was tidy this is how you know i'm a i'm a spiritual person firm believer in god and i believe that everything that god does is for a reason right because none of these things that's happening was because it was planned or something that she like oh i knew if i take addy to rome it's gonna create crown of wealth and it's gonna she did not think about that now the reason why i'm saying rome italy and why italy is such a pivotal point in this conversation is if anybody that's in the sartorial business which is basically tailoring right mm -hmm. you know that rome creates number one the best fabrics some of the highest brands when it comes to tailoring like lori piani Zenia, some of these high-end clothing brands are located in italy so okay. if you're looking to start your own brand and you're looking like fabrics and sourcing and things of that nature you know italy's where you go that's that's like okay that's where you need to start with if you want to create like a high quality brand so that's why I ended up in Rome. I was able to meet a tailor in Rome, and that's how I was able to start that partnership with my tailor to create Crown of Wealth. Um, yeah, it's, so it's it's funny. Fast, like looking back on it now, it's like wow, this is it's it's something that I wasn't planning. But then, like yeah. seeing how, and that's why I said I'm a firm believer in God because this only person that could create that storyline was God, right? Sure. <laughs> you know, court buying my Christmas gift six months prior five months prior you know a yeah. little bit later we come up with a brand crown of wealth i quit my job come up with the brand crown of wealth and then we're going to rome and there's just in time i was able to find my tail that's also in rome and then creating crown of wealth while i'm able to see my favorite soccer player of all time play soccer right that's like one of the best gifts you can get right no for sure <laughs> For sure. And I don't believe that coincidences are a thing. I, like you, am also spiritual. So I believe everything is orchestrated and is in alignment with where you're supposed to be going and what you're supposed to be doing. So, yeah, that was just if you weren't listening to your like your spirit at the time and you weren't feeling like I need to do this, then maybe she wouldn't have got the ticket to Rome. Maybe the events that happened wouldn't have played out the way they did. But because you were being you were listening to you, then that. It just played out so well. That's I did not know that you worked with a tailor. Do you still work with the same tailor in in Rome? So it's yes, yes. Okay. But then, like as your business grows, I have a tailor here in the U.S. You, okay. your, your business gets bigger. So I actually have a a, a tailor in the U.S. I saw the tailor in Rome. I have mm -hmm. tailors kind of all over now, because um, okay. that was back in what 2019, and now so it's like it's, you want your, you want your business to grow. So mm -hmm. from 2019 to now, like we're like <laughs> light years ahead. Right? right. What do you want? You want your business to be light years ahead. Right. 
but it's like those are the building blocks so i remember like even creating my first suit like i remember those time periods of like man when i created my first suit i was so excited like i couldn't believe that this was a thing and then like now it's like i create hundreds of suits like i had a wedding party of like 25 people like (laughs) now it's not it's still exciting i would tell people this like i love what i do right Mm -hmm. it's not because i think sometimes people get I guess when you're in a field sometimes and you're not necessarily as passionate because you've been doing it, how can I say this? Sometimes hobbies become work for some people, right? Like, dang, I I used to be a hobby of mine, but now it becomes work. Crown of Wealth has never worked to me. It's always fun every time that I do it. But now I just feel like the exciting nuances has kind of gone away because I've been doing it so long now that I'm, not to brag, I'm kind of good at it. I'm kind of good at it now. So like creating my first suit to create like my first client suit. Like my first client suit was like nerve wracking. And um, it was actually one of my friends. You have to use your friends. You got to use your friends. Yeah. Go ahead. And how did you approach creating that suit back? What was that? 2019? Your first client suit? My apologies. We had more technical difficulties, but I was asking Addy how, what is the difference in how he approaches creating and designing suits now versus when he first launched the brand and he made his first suit, his first client suit back in 2019. Oh, yes. So, so I'll answer the first question. (laughs) Not to say that I'm lazy. (laughs) It's just timing, right? Like I used to, I remember my first year, I released my brand in 2019 and I think I made a a whopping total of like four suits. And then now I do like four suits in a in a in a year. Now I do like four suits in like a day. But um huge shout outs to Roger Davis, as we all know, Roger went to AM with us. Mm-hmm. Um Roger's having his 30th birthday that same year. And to tell you like the process in creating, man, I used to do s- <laughs> my clients are gonna get pissed off. I'm sorry guys, I don't have a lot of time anymore. But at that time when I first had my first client, not only of course was I I do things differently because the, the biggest thing now I'm obsessed with is fit. Like a suit's supposed to fit right. perfectly. I didn't know the fit part back in 2019, but I knew the design part. I used to sketch the client, like fully sketch like a drawing of okay. like the actual suit. I don't do that no more, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of time. But back in the day, I used to I used to sketch. I used to send like a, a, a measurement guy for the client to see it so they can measure themselves. And then... I used to do like follow-ups and, you know, all these different things and was great for the first suit. Roger got it. It fit kind of okay. It fit decent for what he needed to fit. <laughs> so, and it looks good. If you scroll down to like my very first post from like 2019, you'll see his post. Um, but that was my first post. Like that was just like, that was my, my first suit, my first client suit. And it's a learning experience. It fit good. It fit decent. It's what he wanted. And that started my journey to what it is now. Now, now it's a little bit different. I don't sketch anymore. I'm more meticulous when it comes to the measurements. Like, so back in the day, I used to send stuff to clients. Now I'm heavily involved. Rather it be virtual, rather it be in person, I am obsessed with measurements. And that ties back into engineering. Like, I'm, like measurements is all numbers. If you know, and females know more than guys, because y'all are way more fashionable than guys. Everything that you guys do has to do with numbers. You have a bus size, waist size, stomach size, stuff like that. Guys go into a store. Number one, back in the day, guys used to wear baggy clothing, right? So you clear, like clearly they didn't even care what size they were. For me, like when I was back in high school, like I my waist is like a 30, 31 waist. 
Mm-hmm. But I was wearing like 46 pants. Like, you know, back in the day when Nelly came out with the, you know, yeah. Air Force Ones and all that, everyone's wearing like the oversized clothing. So right. guys haven't really been big on measurements until now. So now with my business, since guys are more particular with what they're wearing, I'm so hyperly focused on measurements. And okay. measurements is what makes the suit a suit, right? It, regardless of how cool your suit looks, if it's baggy or if it doesn't fit, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I kind of like. So difference between me back in 2019 versus now, I'm hyperly focused on fit. Fit is like, mm-hmm. fit is king for me. Like I measure once, twice, three times just to make sure the fit's perfect. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a, what's the word I can think of? It's basically going from back then and now thinking of how I started and where I'm at now. And you grow and, you know, me two years right. later might be even different. But I know the biggest thing for me is the fit. I'm so comfortable and confident in the fit of my suits that that's why I was like, okay, now I know I'm, I'm in the game now. Like uh-huh. 2019, I still doubt on myself. Even when I created the brand, even when I had clients, all three of them, <laughs> um, I still felt like, dang, I'm not there yet. Now I feel like I made my mark. Yeah. I feel like people are confidently coming to me like because they've seen my work and they're like, okay, Addy, I need to go with you because I feel like you're who knows what it needs to, if I want to look good, rather be a wedding, birthday, party, or just going to work, I know if I go to Addy, I'm really going to look good. And I've seen it. I've seen people, when they come to me, that's what they say. So, And you, I mean, that takes experience and that takes, and it takes even you like looking back on the stuff that you did for your first client, Roger, and saying, oh, that was that that (laughs) <laughs> and that's I think that's really important because that helped you evolve that really because I feel like so much of us when we start things or we start businesses brands ideas and we put them out our ego gets caught up in that mm-hmm. and it's like well this is good I'm gonna it's, it's gonna stay good I know it's good and it's like no we have to evolve and grow with it um, and see the improvement and see the areas of opportunity that we can improve upon so how are you finding most of your clients now i know at first it was a lot of word of mouth and friends mm-hmm. but where are your most of your clients coming from now so man my cousin who's a photographer his name is lance perry because i like to give people credit right when i source them or say something that they had said he had mentioned something a while ago and he said basically this he says basically guys not that i'm forcing anybody to start a business don't force don't because i remember in COVID times everybody remember COVID. I feel like everybody and their moms was creating businesses. Like, oh, if you ain't creating a business, you ain't doing nothing. No, let, right. let people live. Like, you know what I'm saying? COVID was a big deal. We and I, 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 yeah, I, and I get it. If you want to start a business, then start a business. But I hate people like putting people down for not having a business. Nah, people don't want to start a business. Let them just live, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you do have a business, one thing that he said was, guys, please use social media while it's still free. As we know, Instagram rolled out this new verification situation, right? And I'm a believer of like signs. (laughs) Right now, yes, verification is one step. You got to pay for it to get the little blue check. Tomorrow, it might be just membership. Like Twitter did the same thing. Twitter's charging people to have their blue check because they're trying to roll it out, see how many people do it. You never know. Two years from now, Instagram and Twitter might be like, all right, it's a dollar to be on Instagram, right? Which is not that much. So right now, Instagram is free. It's free. So if you do have a business and Instagram has a lot of marketing tools, use it. So that's basically what I use, right? Right now, my business tools is just social media. Um, Word of mouth is still great. I have a ton of word of of mouth. 
Um, A&M's community is beautiful. I love my A&M folks, right? A&M, one thing about us, we support each other. Like, sure. if someone from A&M gets a suit, they're going to tell everybody. And it's like now, it's like, okay, if you get in a suit, you want to A&M, you got to go to Addy. Like, you know, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Not that everybody comes to me, but the people that know me come to me. Like, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Um, I'm still a firm believer of social media. You know, if you do have a social media platform in your business, you know, social media has these little marketing tools that you could like spend a little bit of money and then your business can be featured in different areas. This is so right. meticulous of how they do it. Weirdly enough, like I never really seen the impact until like these past two years. Like, and you never really realize your brand is really like that. I right. never thought it was like that because it's just me. My, my Instagram handle used to be, I'm just Addy, right? It's just me, right? Right, right. But then when I, when I, when no I had team, these, no, no team, just, yeah. just me. I'm just out here yeah. just trying to make a living. And it's wild because like these two moms this year um, contacted me and they're like, yeah, you know, we just, you know, want to make our suits for our kids prom. Number one, prom, I had a rent and tux when I went to prom. Like I did not do custom suiting for thousand dollar suits for prom, right? right? Why? Tell me why. They showed up at my door. They wanted to do a meeting. They showed up at my door. So I met them on Saturdays and, you know, I'm measuring them. And then you have conversations like, okay, where y'all come from? They said, oh, we came from Chicago. Chicago. What? So I'm thinking, okay, like, did y'all doing something? Like, y'all going, y'all here for like a, you know, the Rockets game, the, the Texans. No, no, no. We're coming to see you. Wait, so wait, wait. How'd y'all get here? Oh, we drove. Wait, so y'all drove from Chicago to Houston. To make mm -hmm. tuxedos, prom tuxedos, not even wedding, prom tuxedos, and it was two of them. And y'all drove all the way down here just to see me and just do it in person. Y'all know we could have done it virtually. We didn't have to. No, no, we wanted to meet you. We needed to meet you. We wanted that full experience. So we decided to make a trip out of it. That's when I was like, yo, this is crazy. And I had clients flying from ca California, New York City, yeah. you know, and it's, and my wife used to always tell me, like, like you're bigger than what you think you are. Because I still feel like I'm just Addy, right? I don't feel like I'm really doing nothing. But when you have like full wedding parties flying into Houston from California or Washington or Alaska, just to be like, yeah, we just decided to do our bachelor party here because we wanted to make sure we get fitted by you. So we just decided wow. to make it a bachelor party situation. So that was, yeah. that's what was crazy to me. And that's when I was like, okay, this is dope. This is cool. I want to know how does that make you feel, not just as a business owner, but as someone who decided to take a leap on yourself and you were like hesitant to do it because yeah. it was uncomfortable, like <laughs> it would have been an uncomfortable thing to do. Like, how does that make you feel just for your own, like your own drive, your own motivation? Like, how, Yeah. What, what does that do for you to know people are invested in crown of wealth like that to to make that type of trip for you? So for me, number one, it feels good. It feels good. Um, I'll, I'll be lying to say it doesn't. It's, it's a feeling that is hard to explain because it's like, and like it goes back to the spiritual side of things. It's like, okay, God, I hear you, right? I, 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 hear, I hear you talking to me because at the end of the day, when I first started this, I never thought I could be here. Like uh -huh. I would have never imagined it could be here. And there's some, there's some fun little things I'm going to say in this, in this, in this, in this conversation of like how God really should be showing out. So 
this brand, I think I mentioned two things why my wife was such a pivotal person in creating this brand. There's one more piece that I never I said. You- three, three. So there's a there's yeah. another part of it. But when <laughs> the uh, when I when I first started to uh, release it, my brand was created in November. It was released November eighth of 2019. Um, that day, November eighth, really November seventh, <laughs> is a very important date because I was working on the website for months. I created the trailer. It's a video. I created like the marketing. I did the whole nine to make sure that the rollout was perfect. November 7th came around. Actually, it was November 3rd. Our anniversary was November 3rd. And November 4th came around. And I was like, you know what, babe? I'm not going to release it. And she looked at me like, what? <laughs> I was working on the website for months. And I was like, I just don't feel like, I don't feel like nobody's going to buy it. I feel like no one's really going to like invest into this. They're going to think I'm a joke. Like, I just had the fear of doubt, right? Like, the devil snuck in, right? I had that right, fear of doubt. Sure. And um, that scarcity mindset, like people like to say. And um, I was like, nah, this ain't going to work out. I'm just not going to do it. And she damn near cussed me out. Like, what you mean you're not going to do it? You're going to do this, and it's going to be successful. This is literally two to three days before I released it. And she's like, please release it. Like, you never know what's going to happen. If you don't release it, all this work that you've done, all this money that you spent, you know, is going to be for waste. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and release it. Let's see what happens. And then if I would have, let's say I did not listen to her. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to release it. I'll never be here, right? So that's why I said there's four reasons. That that right there, that last piece is like the biggest reason why my brand is where it's at now. Because she literally forced me to release it. Like, she's like, no, please release it. Pick a date and release it. And she was so funny because she was like, if you don't release it, I'm going to release it. I'm going to post it on my page. And it's just gonna be out here. <laughs> so, so, so she was, she was, she talked me into saying, "All right, cool. I'm gonna release it. I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there." And, um, man, like I'm so appreciative because now, what, four years later, like, and that's the spiritual side, right? If you believe that God has blessed you with something, you know that God always has a bigger plan for you. And I knew that, like, God legitimately had a big plan for me was this year. And I'm not saying no numbers, but it got to that point that, like. And a lot of people like was kind of confused. So me and my wife, we purchased a home, another home this year. But there's another home that got purchased this summer. And what a lot of people don't realize, and this is why I feel like God is such an amazing God and like how my business has grown. That that second house that I purchased was purchased under the monocle of Crown of Wealth. Like Crown of Wealth purchased a home that now we turn into an Airbnb. So that business, not only has it been lucrative, it was lucrative enough that I was able to invest and purchase a home by the business like the right, business right. purchased the home that's yeah. wild to me right yeah. back in 2019 for me to be scared to release a business right to now that i'm able to purchase a full home strictly on the funds of the business right. so it's it's it's, it's a any beautiful home thing owner any person that's ever gone through the home buying process that it's is hard, that's hard. It's very like, hard. look at everything <laughs> Every it is time. very difficult it's, it's very difficult is, yeah i want to congratulate you it's on very that. it's very very difficult but it's beautiful too that's how you know god is really really working so mm-hmm. you know this is just the beginning there's so many big plans for the brand coming into 2024. I'm excited. This is going to be our fifth year going into 2024, five years in the business. And, um, you know, all my clients that are out there, I do appreciate you guys. You know, I'm just I'm excited to see the next steps. Right. So. Yeah. And I want to say that a common thread that I have been hearing you talk about and you haven't said it, but I feel like there's a lot of purpose in this. 
and purpose in your work, purpose in you wanting to make men and people who want to wear a suit feel good, um, purpose in you wanting to ensure that you are continuing to deliver the best quality product. Do you, how do you look at purpose and how do you infuse purpose into, you know, how you are approaching crown of wealth and just all of the things, photography, creativity as a whole, being a dad, like how, how are you chasing purpose in that way? Oof. That dad, uh, that dad one kind of struck a, a nervous because that me being a dad is kind of like the out of all the jobs, being a dad is the hardest job ever. Um, I love my son. I love my son to death. But I will say this: being a father is definitely very, very not difficult is the word challenging, but it's be- it's a beautiful challenge. Like so, purpose is definitely a beautiful. It's, it's a great word to use because it has to be purpose because. I am, you know, I, I'm a father, you know, I'm a business owner. I'm still a husband, which is very important too. I think sometimes as parents, when you have a kid, you forget that first part of it, which is husband. You know, I have to be a husband to my wife first, then I'm a father to my son, and then I'm a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the ladder of how it should go. And um, if I didn't have purpose, then I wouldn't even be doing the business, right? If God wasn't, if this wasn't my purpose to do, I won't do it. And that's just, the easy answer for it, right? Yeah. Um, and you will know what your what your purpose is. Like I've I've always felt like me being in this field just felt right. You know what I'm saying? Like it just felt like okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this when I was in college. I didn't know this when I graduated. But as my life went on, it just made sense for me to be in this space now. And I'm like, okay, God, I see you talking to me. I get it. This is this makes sense because it's hard. Like you know, I'm, and you know, I, I get it. Life is hard, like especially now. Like life is very, very hard. And the biggest thing that I think everybody chases is purpose. Like, what is my purpose? I went into like a a slight depression back when I was when I turned thirty. This is way before my business was created. This is before I was married. And that biggest thing at that time was purpose. What is my purpose? Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? What's the point? What's the point of me being here right now? Right? Yeah. What is my why? Because I thought my why was engineering, but then every engineering job I had, I was depressed. So then I'm like, you you doubt your existence at that point in time. Like, damn, like if I'm if I'm thought I was an engineer, but every time I do anything engineering, I suck at, or I felt like I suck at. Mm-hmm. What am I? What's what am I here for? I, that's all I know. I went to school for engineering, you know. And then at the time, I used to take pictures of like me wearing like clothing, but then. It sounds bad. Me taking pictures of clothing doesn't make you money. You get a couple likes on Instagram, but right. likes don't equal money. Yeah, that's the biggest word. The dopamine rush. That dopamine rush, as time moves on, goes away quicker. It fades away faster, and it gets to the point that it's like, man. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny. I remember my cousin uh, Deji. Deji called me one day. And he's a very, if anybody knows Digi, he's very blunt. He's very, very blunt. He says, Addy, mm-hmm. bro, you're posting all these pictures of you in clothing. Bro, what you doing? Like, you're not making no money from that. You're not doing nothing from that. Um, what's your next step? Like, what are you going to do next? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an answer for him because I didn't know what my next step was. I was an engineering job. I didn't like. I got that dopamine rush, but that's not making me any money. So it got to the point that it was depressing. So now being fast forward until now. That is the opposite, right? Now I'm posting pictures still, but now it has a purpose. Okay, if I post this picture of me in a suit, it potentially could lead to money. 
So that's where that purpose comes in. I'm like, okay, God, I feel like now I'm walking in my purpose. I feel like now my life has meaning, not to sound too dark, but like, I feel like my life finally has like a meaning to it. Like, okay, cool. I'm legitimately where I feel like I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And I think the big why is no matter what people say, and I think this goes from the oldest person that we may know in our families to the youngest, like we're all like, why, why, what's, what's the whole big why? And I, I can relate to having that, um, that journey kind of in my mid twenties where I was like, what, what's the whole reason that I'm here? Like I, I feel all these things, but I don't see anything happening in real life. Um, why, why did I get these gifts or these ideas and these thoughts and how can I, how can I use them? So yeah, I, I completely relate to that. And um, I'm really glad that you found your purpose in tailoring and creating the company um, because it has, I mean, I see it on the internet and it's just everywhere. Like you're, I appreciate it. (laughs) I mean, people that we don't even, you don't even know that I follow on the internet. Like it's not friends from college. Like these are, third degree fourth degrees of separation i'm like dang um have a hat on you know with the crown of wealth and i think it's really funny that courtney your wife uh oh yeah it's a funny story about that it's funny (laughs) i got a story for that too it's funny about that how did you end up still making t-shirts making hats which are very nice very fly um how did that come about so it's wild that you say that. And that's that's the purpose part of it, right? That's why having a wife and being in your purpose. So I'm, I'm a fan of fashion. Like, I love fashion, right? So for me, fashion is not just suiting. Fashion is whatever speaks to you, right? Okay. Females, males. If you notice, like, I always try to incorporate Courtney as much if she's watching this. She's going to hate it because she loves, she loves clothing, but she hates how I pester her because I'll make her clothes. Like, baby, I got to go do this photo shoot over here and do this. Because I love women's fashion, I love men's fashion, I love men's fashion, women's fashion of all sorts. So if even in my streetwear commercials, it's always a man and a woman wearing the clothes, right? It's not just a guy. Okay. It's not just men's wear. It's always nice. both. Because I love both aspects of it. I love women's fashion as well as men's fashion. So fast forward, right? I start my business in 2019. Fast forward till I released Crown of Wealth Streetwear in 2020. It's, 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 a, it's a nugget that my wife put on me. But then it's something that I still kind of follow back around. So 2020 comes around. I'm doing my, you know, suiting, tutorial business. And then I'm like, I still like streetwear. I still like some of my biggest, you know, role models are, you know, Jerry Lorenzo, who's the owner of Fear of God. I might be saying his name wrong. Rudy Villataro. He's the owner of Rude. And then some even bigger brands, like, not bigger brands, but like more niche brands, like Ame Leondor or Dore. Um, Kith, Kith New York. Uh, Virgil Abloh was still one of my role models. Um, uh, uh, it's another brand. Anyways, some of these streetwear brands, I was huge, huge, huge fran- uh, fans of. So I was like, why can't Crown Wealth do this? Because Virgil Abloh with Off-White does tutorial. He does trench coats and suits and things of that nature. But he also does t-shirts. Rude, Ruji, who owns Rude, does Trench coat suiting, oversized suits, all these brand, all these designs, as well as streetwear. So I was like, why can't Crandall do the same thing? Amelie and Dora does the same thing, right? They do suiting, they do uh, streetwear, they do all these things. So I told my wife, hey, I think I'm gonna try this. But she was like, you can now. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, because now you have suit, you already have uh, a platform. 
So if you were to bring in suiting, it's like another entity versus you starting in suiting. So everybody already knows you as this thing. So you bring this other thing in makes it easier to introduce it to people because now it's like, okay, you really have a brand. You have an established brand. This is talks to your streetwear people. Cause I, I have guys that wear suits, but they have like guys like that, like Addy, I love your brand. Like my boy, uh, Tyler, right? Tyler's one of my boys, right? So Tyler doesn't wear suits all the time. He's a sneakerhead. He likes streetwear. He's like, bro, I want to support you. I just don't wear suits all the time. How can I support the brand? So I was like, okay, I want to create streetwear, but I still want to keep it luxury. So I'm going to create streetwear, streetwear, but I'm going to make it the most luxurious streetwear you could find. Like, and that, that's a process. It took me seven months to find my supplier to make my shirts. My shirts aren't, and this is me bragging a little bit. My shirts aren't Gildan. My shirts aren't Bella Canvas. My shirts are the highest quality shirts you can get. Okay. Like heavy cotton. I did so much research. Like, so the average weight of a, of a t-shirt brand that you get in the United States, if a guy own, opens up their own streetwear brand, it's like 6.5 ounces. Now it's different, but back then it was, that's what it was. Now people are getting more privy to like the more streetwear quality range, right? Um, so my shirts were 11 ounces. Okay. To give you context of like what 11 ounces is to back their, back then streetwear, Guys that open up their own streetwear business with t-shirts, their hoodies were eight ounces. My t-shirts were 11 ounces. So my t-shirts cotton were heavier than guys' actual hoodies. So that's why I was charging so much money because people are like, damn, you're charging $65 for a shirt? And then when they get it, they're like, oh, I get it. (laughs) It makes sense. People that bought my shirts back in 2020 told me, they hit me up like, Addy, bro, I still wear that shirt now. Like, I, I, I can't put this shirt in the washing machine. I take this to the dry cleaners. This is a quality shirt. So I was able to create another aspect of it, but I never would be able to create that quality streetwear line if I didn't create my suiting line. Because if I came out just randomly like with $65 shirts, it won't make sense. But if you're selling $1,000 suits, it kind of makes sense a little bit. Like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. selling these expensive suits. Why would he come up with some cheap shirts? Yeah. It won't make any That's- sense. So. That's actually funny that you say that because that's actually a layer within the business, right? Like that's yeah. you started with the suits, <laughs> then another layer is the luxury mm-hmm. streetwear line, and it'll just keep you'll just keep building layers mm-hmm. upon that. And it's funny because when I thought about the concept for so many layers and what would it look like, I actually thought about the way we layer on clothing and how it creates a complete look oh, for ourselves and like a full look <laughs> and how it's similar to the way like as humans, our makeups gives us so many interests and passions and desires and all this stuff. And that works together to make us a whole person and give us a full life. Um, do you think you're how you're operating with Crown of Wealth and in your own life that you your layers are giving you a full life right now? Is so like, it? So the layers part of it is beautiful because now, like back in the day, you know, I, I don't know if you remember the little, little, little saying that I said, I was like, when I was depressed, I was traveling, even when I didn't have the money. (laughs) So that was, it's funny because I, man, I remember I was broke as heck. I was going on these trips with like my guys and I'm like, damn, I'm about to spend a hundred dollars on this credit card. And I'm like negative, like $2,000 on this credit card, but I'm about to live a little versus now I'm able to go on these trips way more comfortable, way more happier. Mm -hmm. So that's when it comes to layers. Like you, you made a good point. Like Everything is a layer to it. Like, Crown of Wealth created a layer to me having business, to me be able to create streetwear, to me, me be able to be a little bit happier. Because I, I tell people this, creating a business, 
in this life, the biggest thing, the most expensive thing is time. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely the most expensive thing, right? Your goal is to create more time for yourself. So for me, the time part of it is the biggest thing of what I'm appreciative of that Crown Wealth is doing. The second part of it is like, okay, I'm able to do things now comfortably in a more happier space. If I'm able to just do Crown Wealth and not travel, I'm still happy. But then I'm able to throw them traveling in there now. Then now it's a more comfortable situation versus me traveling because of necessity because I needed to get away versus now I'm traveling because I just need a little bit of break at Crown Wealth. But I don't mind coming back to it and still going at, you know, and going and killing it like I want to. So it's a different, it's a little bit different of a layer back then versus now. So it's, 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 it's crazy how you kind of created the whole layer aspect of it. And it is, it's layers of it. So now I'm in the layer of like, okay, I'm in the business now. I'm happy in my business. I do want to travel. I love traveling. That's like, if anybody knows me in gifts, that's all I want. Don't buy me nothing. Travel. Court knows. The, the only gift I want is a trip somewhere. Take me right. somewhere. It could be to Austin. Just take yeah. me somewhere, right? Um, but that's that's the biggest thing now. And that's that's where I, I, I could kind of correlate the layer aspect of it is everything is a layer, right? You know, the first layer was me starting my business. Second layer is me being happy in my business and seeing a return of my business. The third layer is now able to do things that I want to do um, that I couldn't do in the past. I guess right. I could do in the past, but now I'm in a more comfortable position to be able to do it. A lot more freedom. So, yeah. How do you stay grounded now when things start hitting the fan, if they hit the fan and kind of gets you back on your on your high horse, just in your bag? Just So two things, passion, right? Um, I think in this business, for you to be successful, you really have to be passionate. And I've seen guys start similar businesses like mine, but they might not have been as passionate as I am. Because I used to say, hey, guys, I used to take, I used to buy suits and take pictures, like spend money on a photographer for free. I'm spending money on with no type of return versus, quote, unquote, we talked about it, the dopamine, right? Oh, people like the pictures. Eddie, you fresh. Cool. That gave me going to the next post. So now that I'm able to get paid for it, but it's still the same passion, I think that's what really kind of drives me. Second thing is purpose. So going back to that purpose conversation of like, I really believe that this is my purpose. I... I do this because I feel like I'm good at it. I feel like mm-hmm. I, that I enjoy it. I feel like that if I was doing this for even less money than I'm making now, I'll still be doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I could do this and not have any clients and I'd still be doing it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's, that's what it kind of boils down work. to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So no I get excited. Like I, my court knows I'll be playing music. I'll be vibing out of the house because I always take pictures of clients' suits. I want them to feel like their suit is like luxury. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're getting a suit from Crown Wealth, you're getting a luxury suit, right? And it's always a beautiful thing when I'm getting, like, a first-time custom client. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is the first time that a client is buying a custom suit. Or even, like, even more beautiful, like, there's a client that hit me, like, that hit me up that, like, yeah, like, I'm getting a gift from my husband. There's a Crown Wealth suit. He's always wanted a Crown Wealth suit. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the love. I'm here. I'm I'm gift now. I'm gift. I'm yeah. gift worthy. Before, like, yeah. used to be like, all right, you know, Roger, please, man. I know you're turning thirty. Buy this suit for me. I got you. And then now I was like, oh, I really want to get this gift for my husband. Like, I don't I don't know you. I've seen you you know, on Instagram randomly. I've been following you for a long time. My husband follows you. He always sends me screenshots of all your posts. I'm just so excited to be able to gift him this suit. So mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful thing. That's why it comes to like passion and purpose. Like 
passion takes you a certain step purpose takes you even further so i think the passion that i'm in now like i just enjoy it i really enjoy just making suits i'm happy in this position every suit that i make i'm excited if, if victoria if you want to make a suit i'm gonna be just excited. i'm gonna send you pictures videos i'm like please send me pictures and videos back i'm gonna be so invested into what you're getting and that's what i think starts it and then the purpose part of it is like okay i can tell that this is what's from god because if it's not from god why does he keep blessing me with opportunities like every time i feel like okay god you've done enough he blessed me with i make the hall of fame jackets for the houston rockets i'm not a houstonian you know what I'm saying? I'm not even from Houston. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to say these. And this is just the beginning. I believe God has even more things for me, you know, coming down the pipeline. So, you know, I yeah. think those are the biggest things that keeps my drive going, in my opinion. Yeah. No, that's I love that. I love that passion and purpose. And, and Addie, like that's that's such a privilege to be able to say confidently and have because you know how many people live their lives without that. And just kind of just lit time. Like you were talking about having freedom of time. Like, so yeah. that, is, that is really beautiful that you've just taken the reins on your life and said, I want this for my life. And, and, you, and you're getting it and you'll continue to get it. Now, I want to ask you, because you mentioned earlier that Crown of Wealth is the Yoruba meaning for your name. Yeah. What does, I mean, you were given that from birth, so you had no choice in that, right? <laughs> what does that mean to you now? Man, <laughs> it's so funny. That, that's a good one. That's, that's a great question. So number one, I did not like my name growing up. And the reason why, because I went to a private school <clears throat> and I was like the only black kid there. Mm -hmm. So number one, you know, as a kid, you know, you don't want to stand out. You want to, I, I wanted my name to be Sean so bad. <laughs> like I wanted it to be something Why super random. I don't know. I feel like Sean was such a cool name. And there's a dude named Sean in my class, and I feel like he got all the love. So I was like, man, I want my name to be Sean too. Um, and uh, it's it's funny because I used to hate my name. And don't let it be a substitute teacher. Like I remember going because you know you're in school, you go to different classes. You start second grade, third grade, and you always have a new teacher. So it takes the teacher like half the year to learn my name. So let it be like six months in, right? Teacher learns your name. Okay, cool. She says, Adiola correctly. Adiola is my name. Boom, you have a substitute teacher. <laughs> and the thing is, at the day, at the, at that age, right, kids are not, not the nicest, right? Kids are mean. So it'd be funny. It's, and you've seen jokes. I'm pretty sure you've seen comedians talk about this. Substitute teachers will come in. They're saying, everybody, John Smith, Luke Johnson, all these names. And then they just pause. <laughs> Because they 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 hit that that stagnant because you know they're not done yet, but they hit that pause, and then all the all the students like look back at me because they know it's my name that she's pausing for, and she says, and then let them be one of those talkative teachers. They'd be like, oh, this is a tough one, <laughs> not making the situation any better. Right. So that's why I used to hate it. So because and mind you, like I said, I mean hindsight now, it's a different situation. But man, back in the day, I used to. Hate hate it because kids are bullies kids yeah. will find the weirdest reason to bully somebody so my name was a reason for bullies so when i got to high school i created addy the monocle addy right so addy became okay. like my my name and um my new identity right and then fast forward to college and then even post-college i start realizing how powerful my name actually is when i was able to figure out that man like 
I could get tattoos with my, you know, I could do so many things with, with, with that name. And then fast forward to now, I could create a business with that name. And then what makes it even better, me and my dad share the same name. My dad's name is, I'm actually a junior. So Adiola is not only my name, it's my father's name. So now that I say it and I tell my story, I'm like, yo, Crown of Wealth is birthed from my name. It's, 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 it's birthed out of tradition. I'm Nigerian. I'm only going to be Nigerian. So now I got to be able to say, hey, how many people can create a business? Because even I remember I was talking to Craig and, you know, me and Craig had a conversation of how I came up with Crown of Wealth. And when I told him, he was like, hey, that's easy. That's simple. Like, I'm glad. Like, what are we talking about? You don't got to create nothing else. Crown of Wealth, that's it. That's it. That's that's so simple. It has meaning. It's not too deep because I've seen guys come up with names that's way too deep. Like, yeah, I was in the darkest pits and I came out of the pits. And that's why I call my name Pits. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not too deep to the point that right. it's like you have to create this huge monologue, but it's yeah. deep also. So it's like it's deep to the point of like, man, you know, I'm it's not digestible. Exactly, digestible. exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a quick thing, but it's definitely deep when I say it. So now I'm so proud of my name now versus than I was when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? And I'm almost like not necessarily shameful because I mean, you're, you're a kid. I was, what, seven, right. six, seven years old? But then I'm like, damn, I wish I was as proud of my name back then that I am now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so. And I feel like when people wear your garments, put on your suits, put on, you know, your T-shirts and your hats, <laughs> your luxury streetwear, um, that they put on the feeling of having their own crown of wealth. Um, exactly. Do you think it's something, because again, this is your name. You were born with it. Had no choice mm-hmm. in it. It's crown of wealth and um, a mindset almost at this point. It is. It is. And if if people follow my post, every post that I say, I always say a king has been crowned. A queen has been crowned. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to think of themselves in that light. And I, I, I tell court that. I say she's my queen. I'm a king. My son, he's a prince for now. He's going to be a king soon once he gets older. Right? You know, and I feel like that's what you should speak into your life. And I, and I, and I firmly believe that, you know. You know, if you don't think yourself in the highest regards, no one else is going to, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that ties into just how you live your life as well. Like, you know, I'm, and I always tell people, the goal in your life is to be the best version of you, Right? Figure out if you're not the best version of you, try and be the best version of you. And that's just in every aspect, right? First, spiritually, like make sure you're going to church, make sure you're reading the Bible. Like that's the first part of it. Second part about it is just you, your person. Like make sure you're being, if you have a person, like an individual, like your wife or your husband or something like that, be the best person to them. And then the third part, of course, is your fitness, making sure that you're the healthiest version of yourself. Like I said, when, co- when clients come to me, I give them advice. I literally give them advice as far as like, hey, um, when I give you this suit, you're a king now. You're you're part of this dynasty. You know what I'm saying? And live in it. Live in that moment. Like you're you're even grooms, guys that get married. I tell guys because some guys come to me very basically. Man, Eddie, just give me a black suit. Nah, we about to go crazy. You're about to get a crown of wealth suit. We're not just doing nothing basic. We're gonna do something that's gonna be more meaningful. You're gonna love it, and you're gonna feel like a king on your day. You know what I'm saying? Mind you. Yes, the day is it's, it's your wife's day. Everybody knows it. It's her day. That is but, not true, but this is not a relationship <laughs> podcast. So we're not going you're right. There. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But 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 in essence, everybody that does, I hope that does have a chronological suit knows that hey, this is your day. 
we're kings, you're queens. Like I said, we're supposed to be the best versions of best versions of ourselves. And that's and I really do mean it. No, so. that's that's really good. Yeah. I learned this quote in high school that your only competition is yourself of yesterday. Yes. And that is what we should all be striving to be is better than we were the day before. Yeah. And so this episode, um, just to kind of round it out, coming out at the beginning of 2024 and peak big dream, big goal, resolution season, everybody's, you know, making their list about what they want to achieve next year. Um, so I want to know, so what are your moonshots for your business, um, for Crown of Wealth um, in the next year? Oh, yeah, of course. So my biggest thing is, you know, expansion and what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, elevation, right? Um the next goal right now, I have a lot of partners. I partner with a lot of tailoring shops, which okay. brings more business in. But I think I want to get to that point now that I get more employees. I have people that are under me, but I want to get some employees, somebody that has my mindset that might have been a me back in the day, right? Okay. That's willing to work under me, that's willing to be able to, for me to share my knowledge and it's able to help me grow the business to another level. So that's the biggest thing for me. That's one step that I want to do. Second step is, and I know this is kind of like people don't really think about this, but it's a brick and mortar. I really want to have a brick and mortar um, if I can, right? Not necessarily saying that it's necessary, but I, I would love to have a brick and mortar. So this is year five. Five, for some reason, is that number of like, oh, you've achieved something, right? If you think of marriage, five years or those those year points are like points that you want to kind of hit. So for me to hit year five is a big deal for me. So I don't know. Whoops. So I do think that this year, I want elevation. I want some type of, I don't know what the word may, may be, but that next level. I think whatever that next level is for the brand. Like the, the brand has achieved a lot. And I'm excited what this year is going to bring. Like this year has been one of the craziest years for me with the brand just growing. Um, and every year has been that way. Like we've doubled every single year. And this year literally blew out the waters. I'm I'm excited what next year brings, but I do want to set some goals. And I think the biggest one is like number one employees. I do want to have more employees. So I, I, I do, now that I'm a father, I need to step away a little bit more. I want to have a little bit more of the background noise and have I have someone be a me. I need someone to be a full-time me. And then I could be watching over a me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes a little bit of coordination, but... Yeah, that's the biggest thing right now. It's just okay. like continue building growth, a building a team, and just having like really cool like-minded people. Like I, was, I want to create. I want people that want to jump on the team that creates with me, right? And I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, okay, how do I find that team, right? That's the hardest thing is how do you find somebody as passionate for your brand as much as you are? You know what I'm saying? As willing to jump into that world with you and be like, hey, Eddie, we're about to take this to the moon. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I um, I think I read this. I, I ingest so many con, so much content and like motivational stuff that the greatest leaders or the goal of leadership is to inspire those around you. Oh yeah, that's a good so one. To inspire them to to again be the best version of themselves, so they'll get excited about your brand because they're excited about how it can push them, challenge them, make them better, can help them think 
you know, more clearly about their purpose because you're so passionate about that. So I'm excited to see where that goes and uh, rooting for you for sure. And the final, final, final question is, if you were, we all have a book of life, our own individual books of life. I believe that. What is the title of this chapter right now Mm. for you? Mm, that's That's a good question. Wow, I had to pick a word. Or phrase. Um, it'd be cliche to say purpose. But man, I'm like, I'm leaning heavily. Once you said that word, I would, I want, I like to double back on it. I feel like it's just purpose. I feel like this year is the first time that I can honestly say that this is purpose. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I know this is kind of cliche to say that, but it, it makes sense in for me this year because every time that even if i had a doubt of like should i be doing this god would throw like like eddie here's there's 20 more clients you know so like every time that i i really doubted even had like a slight doubt like he would find ways even me buying that like everything that he's done this year like just goes back to like like that mentality of like i'm supposed to be here like if i never thought i wasn't God always finds a way to let me know, like, no, you're supposed to be where I'm putting you. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is where I want you to be. Like, you're in the space that I want you to be at. And that's the biggest thing for me is like, okay, God, I, I'm hearing you. I'm listening. Okay, it makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? So I'll, 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 I'll go with purpose is the word I'll use. Okay. I love it. Purpose. <laughs> we may title the episode Chasing Purpose. Never that's know. a good one. <laughs> No, but again, Addie, thank you so much for being a part of So Many Layers. Thank you so much for putting your creativity out into the world so that other people can feel inspired and empowered um, by when they put on their clothes to go and build their own kingdom or queendom. And yeah, it's it's only up from here. (laughs) It really is. Well, I appreciate number one. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your podcast. (laughs) <laughs> excited for this you're the right person for this because you have such a good spirit um like i said i don't really do a lot of interviews if any you're my very first interview that i've done and doing it with you i knew that you're gonna make it feel comfortable good excited to see the layers i'm excited for you to start it i can't wait to see the guests that you're gonna have congratulations on your podcast um and no, this, has this has been great this has been great appreciate so your work good. with me <laughs> yes no thank you <laughs>